Okay, what well, we're going to, to look at this week, and you have to let me know if next week or the following week you want to do a special Hanukkah piece um, on the Sugi of Hanukkah. Just let me know via email. I'll put out a, a question after this. But for today, we're going to look at the sugi of Berchat Mitzvot because the main sugi of Berchat Mitzvot in the Bavli appears on the daf we did two days ago. So it's uh, very timely, and I figured it's a great sugya, so we should look at it. As always, we're going to start with Tanakh, because that's where everything starts. And uh, you're going to see two psukim that seem to have absolutely nothing to do with anything. But Kachi Darkashel Torah, that's how things kind of roll around. The first one is from Moshe's introduction to his farewell song. How's that for taking you in two opposite directions? But uh, Moshe's farewell song, Shirat Moshe, which is otherwise known as Ha'azinu, uh, which is so central that it seems that the entire mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah is about that, because the mitzvah is Kitvu Lachem Atashirazot. That song starts off with an introduction, Ki Shem Adonai Kra Havu Godel Eloheinu. When I summon the name of the Lord, you should grant greatness to our God, uh, if that's how you translate it. Okay, which is a, um, uh, an invocation very much in the lines of Baruch In other words, at the beginning, I'm going to bless God, you all respond blessing God, and then we'll get down to business. So keep that pasuk in mind, because we're going to come back to it uh, in, in our presentation a little bit later. The second pasuk seems to be even less connected. It's a pasuk that appears at the scene of Matan Torah, when Moshe Rabbeinu um, is... Uh, is is, has been finished get, getting the mitzvot at the bottom of the mountain, all of mishpatim, and then God says to him, come up to the mountain, and I'm going to give you the Torah, the mitzvah, etc. And that's when Moshe leaves the cloud and sets up the mizbeach and makes the brit and naseh v'nishma, etc. And then he goes up to the mountain. So in that, in that pasuk, it says, Vayom Adonai Moshe, Come up to the mountain and be there. Come to me at the mountain and be there. I will give you the tablets of stone, which is interesting because we never heard of tablets of stone before this. Now, in, on a strict literal level or shot level, what he's saying is I'm going to give you the tablets Torah, which means instruction, mitzvah, which means commandment that I have written to instruct them. So again, lahorotam, fitting with Torah, and um, mitzvah, asher katavti, seems to kind of work together. Uh, however, we're going to play with these words a little bit in the Midrash. Now, what the topic of the shiur is called birchata mitzvot. And berchata mitzvot literally means the bracha of mitzvot. But what it actually means is brachot said before doing mitzvot. And so there are a whole host of mitzvot that when you perform them, you say a bracha. What is an example of a berchata mitzvot? Before we get into the sudyot, we saw the psukim, we allowed a few people to come on in. What is um, an example of berchata mitzvot? Um. Bere Priyar hates. No, that's, no? A that's not a mitzvah. That's not a mitzvah. <laughs> 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 All right, so good, exactly. So there's two ways to think about it that'll both work for you, with exceptions like everything else. 
One of them is the formulation. The formulation is the classic six words with which every bracha starts. And then, Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvotav V'tzivanu. Now, there's a couple exceptions to that. So, for instance, we got a lot of koanim here. Before you do any mitzvah that is the function of your kuhuna, you say a slightly different fair, uh, formula. What is that? Asher Kiddushanu? Right? So there's a different formulation, but it's the same no notion of you have set us aside and given us this particular act to do before doing it. Um, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is not in the formula, but rather in the action. When there is an action of a mitzvah <coughs> you're going to do, whether it's a voluntary act or an obligatory act, nothing said you have to have a sandwich on Wednesday afternoon. But if you want to have a sandwich Wednesday afternoon, you have to, have to wash your hands. Uh, then you then you say berchat mitzvot. Okay, give me some mitzvot for which you do not say a bracha before doing them. Stalker. What? Stalker. Stalker. You do not say bracha before giving stalker. Oh. Okay. okay. What else? Let's get a couple going so we can create a sense of the categories which do not demand a bracha, which will help us distill the ones that do. Kibbut Avaim. All right, Good. I'm going to put Tzedakah and Kibbut Avaim in the same basket. We don't say... Lichner. What? Bad Lichner. Which, can which candle? Shal Shabbat. Sure we do. I think Shal Shabbat. You may not say it, but your wife says it probably. And they light first and then... Oh, you... I, well, I didn't talk about that. I didn't talk about <laughs> sequence. Saying The problem of Avakataner, which is actually a, starts as a Hanukkah issue, I'll try to address during this year. Okay, but mitzvot that we perform that we do not say bracha. So it's stalka, keep it up in. What else? Shiluach. What? Shiluach. Uh, I don't know. I've never done it. Good. We don't say bracha on. And I'm going to put that in the same basket as keep it up in and stalka. I'm following the Rashba in this and I'll explain it. All right, so one category is, one group is, and we'll figure out the category, Kibbutz Aim, Staka, Biker Cholim, Nichum Avelim, Simchat Chatan Vekala, going to a wedding and dancing in front of them. We don't make a bracha in front of, in, in before those things, right? Another one, another group is, we don't make a bracha on Kiddush. Kiddush is a mitzvah. Okay. Right? Right. You don't make a bracha beforehand. I share Kiddush Shalom Shabbat Sivanu the Kadesh Yom Shabbat, and then say Kiddush. Right. I, I hope you don't. Well, I don't understand. You do not make a bracha <laughs> before making Kiddush on Kiddush. Kiddush is a mitzvah. You do not. Oh. Make a well, Kiddush is a, is the bracha. Thank you. That's going to be the answer. All right. You do not make a bracha according to most, almost all Rishonim before saying Kriyachma. You say Birchot Kriyachma, which is part of Tefillah, but you don't say a, a separate bracha. So for instance, I'll give an example. When you daven, when you start a Shabbat early in the summer, <coughs> in the summer when it's warm, um, we're all davening outdoors yep. these days and freezing. So 
in the summer when you die, when you start Shabbat early, what's what's the last announcement made in Shul Friday night? Don't forget to repeat Kriyat after eight thirty, whatever. Right? It's seven o'clock. When you get home, a kid is up before you go to the don't forget. Now, when you say Kriyachma that night, which is the mitzvah of Kriyachma, because it wasn't late enough, when you daven, you don't make a bracha, Kriyachma. And yet, so it's for the right I said almost everybody, because there is a shita among the Goonim to actually make such a bracha, but we don't do that. Okay? What about benching? Do we make a bracha on benching? We don't. Benching that right. is the right. Okay. So we have a second group. So I'm going to now explain what, why those two groups, which have nothing to do with each other, but I'm going to give you a third group. Okay. And the third group is that I believe in God. I love God. I fear God. These are all mitzvot I say. I endeavor to cleave to God. Right. I maintain God's unity in my heart. Uh, do I make a bracha on any of those things? Okay, no. no, obviously not. Okay, so let's look at those three groups, which is not, by the way, the does not cover everything. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you just one more, which is last I checked today, I didn't kill anybody. I'm saying a tongue in cheek. No, I haven't killed anybody. All right, you're, you're talking I, about Lotus. I haven't stolen, right? I haven't stolen. Right? I haven't, uh, I haven't, uh, in a good day. Right? Um, um, I haven't uh, neglected to pay my workers, who I don't have any workers, right? On time. So, okay, so let's get quickly dispense with the last group, because that's the easiest, sure, when you said it. Lotase. Lotase. I can't make a bracha on not doing something. I can't say, Ooh, there's a guy in other circumstances I might have killed him, but I'm not going to kill him because God said no. Okay, I can't, can't make a bracha on a non-action. Okay, that's A. That was easy. How about, and Bill, you already gave us the answer to this. How about making a bracha before Kiddush or making a bracha before Kriyachma or making a bracha before benching or how about this one, making a bracha before making a bracha? Right? <laughs> Right. Then so, you'd make a bracha before making the bracha before well, making the, the bracha. <laughs> so what's the answer? Why don't we do that? Uh, you you, you bracha before Because it'll never stop. All right. So it already is. Now, Abraham comes up with a challenge, yeah, which is we do have brachot before Kriyachma. Right? right. Mm -hmm. And the second one of them, the one that comes right before Kriyachma, as we saw in in the sugya and brachot Aleph is actually viewed as a form of a birchat mitzvah. I will give you another challenge, which is we got all these koanim here, and none of you guys piped up about the fact that before saying birchat koanim, you say a bracha, which and birchat koanim is a bracha. But you can you can wiggle out of that one several ways. One of them is, as we said, it's it the the formulation is a little bit different. but still birchat mitzvah. The answer is there it may be not just a mitzvah to say something, but a mitzvah to say particular words in a particular way. The Kriyachma, you could say in English. You could certainly say in English. You know, I have to say, I have to mention certain things, but there's no set nusach, meaning there's no set nusach doraita. Kriyachat koanim has a set nusach doraita. So you, you might argue that that's the reason. But let's go to the other category, which is kibbutz ve'em, tzedakah, bikr elating a bride and groom, 
comforting the bereaved, attending a funeral, etc. We don't make a bracha on any of those things. Why not? So there's a number of answers given by uh, chiefly the Achronim, although the Rashbah and the Tshuva, Tshuva 18, in his thousands of Tshuva, very, very near the beginning of the collection, um, has the following take. He says that all those mitzvot that are ben adam that are interpersonal, depend not on you alone, but they depend also on the recipient receiving it. And as such, you're not in control of the fulfillment of the mitzvah. The fulfillment of the mitzvah is not up to you. And he argues, and he, create, he, he generates a pretty compelling argument, that the birchat mitzvah that you're making is because I'm about to do something which is fully in my control. Sure, a hurricane could come and blow the lulav out of my hand, but under normal circumstances, it's all in my control. And therefore, I'm making a brach on it. On the other hand, I want to go bring my, if my father were alive, I want to go bring him a glass of tea. I prepare the most beautiful tea and bring it to him, and he's just sleeping, right? He doesn't want tea, right? So I didn't fulfill kibbutz Ve'em. It's important to note that. I'm a great guy. I didn't fulfill kibbutz because I didn't bring him what he wanted, or I brought him something he didn't want. Be fulfilling. You have the greatest motivation and you and you and and there's a curfew and you do all sorts of things and you get to Cedars to go visit somebody who you wanted to go visit. You're a great person. You get there and he's in the ICU and you can't go in. You didn't fulfill Kibikholim. You're a great person, don't get me wrong, but you didn't fulfill Bikholim because it's not up to you. Or that you come and the person says, I don't want any visitors, or I'm sleepy, or whatever. Or you didn't know it, but the person's is with you and doesn't want to see you. Right, so that's the Rashbaz argument. Is all these mitzvot that are interpersonal, like including stakah, and including uh, and including kibbutz certainly are not up to you. Stuff for you don't make a brach on it. But we want to focus. On... Marsha, I cut you off. You said something. Marsha, attention count. Said no. what? Attention. Don't you get any credit for being? Like I said, you're a great person. And your cheshbon with HaKadosh Baruch Hu is between the two of you, none of my business. But as far as formally a calling it a fulfillment of a mitzvah, is it's not. Now, Chazal have the following statement. They say that if a person wants to fulfill a mitzvah and they are ne'enas, which means they are coerced, it's out of their control, and they're not able to fulfill it, the Torah considers it as if you did it. That's a metaphysical, spiritual notion. Within the strict frame of halacha, you didn't. So I'll make it a practical thing, and we'll move on. Let's say that I was to make a commitment, like we often do in Yizker and things like that, to give $50 to Tzaka, right? So I set $50 aside, and I have all the good intentions. And, um, and I have it in my pocket. Turns out I have a hole in my pocket and the $50 falls out of my pocket. We don't say I fulfilled the netter because I have very good intentions. I still have to give $50 to somebody who's worthy of stocka. I'll make it even worse. Let's say that I'm same deal, same netter, and I take my $50 and I give them in cash and I go and give them to somebody who sits on the corner collecting because he seems uh, homeless and uh, whatever it may, destitute and all that. Turns out he's a fraud. Yes. Turned out he's a fraud. I did not fulfill the mitzvah of tzedakah. I gave money to a fraud. I didn't. I didn't help anybody. So and you didn't know that. I, I know. I know. So <laughs> until the time I find out, it's a it's a mood issue. <laughs> My point is though that 
that, that um, I may be a great person and Klape Shamaim, I may be, uh, you know, number 37, right? Not 36, but number 37. But within the formal bounds of Halakha, I didn't fulfill it. And it's to be the same thing. I still have to go find somebody proper, give them $50 if I made such a net, right? Better not to make a netter. Okay, anyhow, so I just wanted to kind of put the thing out there. However, there's a whole host of mitzvot that before we do them, we say a bracha, and the form of the bracha is Baruch Atashem Hashem Asher Kiddushanu Mitzvotav, and then usually Vitzivanu. There are some aberrations. Uh, for instance, the Rambam thinks that the bracha we make on Kiddushin is a birchat mitzvah. And therefore, you know, the bracha, the first bracha the rabbi makes under the chuppah, asher kiddushan tzadavet tzivanu ala rayot, right? He says that's brachat mitzvah. the Rambam says. And really the chatan should be saying that bracha. But because many of our chatanim don't know how to do it, therefore we just have the rabbi do it every time, right? Because the Rambam says it's brachat mitzvah and the chatan's doing the mitzvah. Okay, so I just want to kind of clarify what it is. Oh. Now, let's get the background. We have a sugya in the third parak of Rachot, verse number three, which reads as follows: "I'm Rav Yehuda, all right." And the concern, the part I'm concerned about is Rav Yehuda's statement. I put it in red as a memra. Minayin leberchat haTorah lefaneha, min haTorah. How do I know the Torah commands me to make a bracha before reading the Torah? And this very likely means before the public reading of the Torah, like when you get an aliyah. How do I know that? Shenemar, and this goes back to Pasuk number one that we saw. Ki shem Adonai Kra, havu godel Elohim. Now explain how this works. When I call out in God's name, bring greatness to God. How does that work? Reading the Torah is God's name. The Torah is all God's names. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when I'm going to publicly read God's name, the Hindu read the Torah, let's get greatness to God by making a bracha first. And that's what we call Birchat Torah, the public Birchat Torah. Okay? Good. And now, uh, the Talmud Yerushalmi says the same thing. Katuv Torah Bracha Lefaneha. The Torah itself tells us that we have to make a bracha on the Torah before reading the Torah. Maktiv Ba'lefaneha Kishem Adonai Krav Ugod Eloheinu. So the Yerushalmi and Babli are on exactly the same page, pun intended, um, about this, that the pasuk ki shem Adonai Kra commands us to make a bracha before the public reading of the Torah. Now, before we go further, you're going to see something that will be startling. Okay, and that is as follows: We've talked in the past. We talked about this even last week about minyan hamitzvot, the enumeration of the mitzvot. All right, we started with the premise, which is that we we're given 613 mitzvot at Har Sinai. And then I shared with you that starting in the ninth century, there was a literature that flourished for about 500 years called Minyan HaMitzvot. The, the, the literature, which was highly polemic, uh, more highly reactionary, shall we say, about what we count as the mitzvot. What makes up that list? Because the first person to do it that we have is from Shimon Kaira in the, in the Halachot Gdolot, and he made a list, and his list was controversial. And so other people disagreed with not the number, but what belonged on the list. He included Ner Chanukah and Ner Shabbat and Etirat Yadayim and all sorts of mitzvot to the Durabanan. And the, the most famous 
iteration of the Minyan HaMitzvot without question is Sefer HaMitzvot of the Rambam, that the Rambam wrote really as an introduction to the Mishnah Torah, even though oddly enough, he wrote Sefer Mitzvot in Arabic, even though he wrote the Mishnah Torah, Mishnah Torah in Hebrew. But in the Sefer Mitzvot, the Rambam gave, as I mentioned this last week, 14 introductory paragraphs explaining his method. What counts as a mitzvah and what doesn't? If it's a mitzvah, it's only for one generation. Like the mitzvah, for instance, that a girl who inherits land may not marry outside of her tribe, the end of a midbar, doesn't count because that was only for one generation, as an example. Uh, and the Rambam lists 14 rules by which he decides what goes in and how many. Uh, you know, uh, tefillin, is that two mitzvot or one? Shel Yad Shel Rosh. Kriyat Shema, is that two mitzvot or one? There's morning and evening. Is the Koran Tamid one or two mitzvot? Uh, that sort of thing. The Rambam, of course, although he, he wrote the way he wrote, was not without his critics, as you all know. And sometimes the critique was harsh, but usually the critique was respectful, but nonetheless a critique. <laughs> and the Ramban, a hundred years later, wrote a critique on Sefer Mitzvot, represented other opinions and other approaches. And one of the things he did was that in both the Mitzvot Asay and the Mitzvot Lota Asay, the Ramban ended up taking several off of the Rambam's list. He said that shouldn't count, and that shouldn't count as two, etc. And at the end of the process, the Ramban ended up with about 15 or 16 missing. So remember, the number is the goal, 248 mitzvot asay, because that's in the Gorn. And, the, and everybody accepted that number as mitzvot asay. So the Ramban, who at the end of the process ended up with about 230, then identified 15 more or so that the Rambam didn't include to fill in the list. And he called them mitzvot asay Shishachan Harav. The mitzvot say that the rabbi forgot. It's a very cute name. Right? And we call it Shikate Asim. You see it here on, on Source 5, the forgotten mitzvot say. It sounds like a Steinbeck novel. Anyhow, now, number 15 on the list, I think there may be 16 or 17. Number 15 on the list, the Ramban says, the Rambam does not list this, and most Rishonim don't, but the Ramban lists. We were commanded to give thanks to his name. Anytime that we read from the Torah, we have to give thanks to his name. That he gave us this great thing. That he gave us his Torah. He informed us the things that are favorable to him. Mitzvot. Through which we will get Olam Haba. Right, just like we were commanded to bless God after a meal, and that everybody agrees is right? And then he says where you can find it, and the pasuk is, of course, okay, good. All of that sounds like it has nothing to do with our problem until we get to this passage in the Rishalmi, which is is what it is. Here we go. The uh, the passage in the Yushalmi here is at the beginning of the sixth parak of Brachot, and the sixth parak of Brachot, as you may remember, because it wasn't all that long ago, is about Brachot made before eating and drinking. And the first sugi, if you remember in the Bavli, the whole daf, 
both sides is devoted to one topic, which is what is the source for having to make a bracha before food? And going through all the different suggestions, the Gemara rejects them all and then says, Svorahu. It's the most reasonable thing to do. You want to get benefit from God's world, you got to thank Him. It's a beautiful piece. The Yushalmi goes in a, sim, in a similar manner, but uses other arguments. And then, as a tangent says, now that analogy is going to be something we're going to come back to. How do we know that all mitzvot need a bracha? Remember, this is in the context of food. How do we know that mitzvot need a bracha? Rabbi Tanchuma, Rabbi Abba Barkana, B'Shem Rabbi Elazar. So this comes back to Tveria, to Rabbi Elazar, who says that Remember that pasuk? Hashem said to Moshe, I'm going to give you the Torah and mitzvah. Hekish Torah mitzvot. So Rabbi Lazar says, the Torah itself compared by juxtaposition, Torah and mitzvot. Torah and mitzvah are next to each other, yellow and green, right there. Ma Torah tu'una bracha, af mitzvot tu'unot bracha. Just like public reading of the Torah has a requirement of a bracha, similarly, doing a mitzvah has a requirement of a bracha. So in other words, the way that the Yerushalmi understands that you have to make a bracha before doing mitzvot is by saying mitzvot are compared to the public reading of the Torah. And the public reading of the Torah, the Torah mandates a bracha. So therefore, there's a mandate of a bracha before doing mitzvot by way of analogy. Okay? And that leads to the following discussion, which is later in the Yerushalmi in the ninth parak which is now going to get to what Alan asked about, about timing, right? Mitzvot emat mevarech alehen. When do we make a bracha on mitzvot? Rabbi Yochanan Omer, over la'asiyatan. And we're going to find out that over la'asiyatan means just before doing them. We'll find that out in a minute, in about 10 minutes, five minutes. Rav Huna Amar Omer Bishata Siyatan, he disagrees. He says, you make the bracha as you're doing it. Okay, now, this is really going to be wild. We're in the Yerushalmi here. Ati the Rav Huna Kishmuel, right? Rav Huna's opinion that you make the bracha as you're doing the mitzvah, which would mean you put, the, you put your talis on, and as you're putting your talis on, you make the bracha. What do we normally do? How do we make the bracha? Yeah, before. Beforehand, we put the put the towel yeah. right in your hand, say the bracha, and then rip it over our head. Right? Okay, good. So <clears throat> Rav Huna's opinion is now supported by Shmuel. And by the way, Shmuel's a very heavy hitter. Okay, the Rabbi Yossi Bun Bishem Shmuel. Now Rabbi Bayrabun never met Shmuel. Yossi Bayrabun lived a hundred years after Shmuel. And he lived in Israel. Shmuel lived in Babel. So he's got a tradition he heard from, from Shmuel. Kol This is what Shmuel says as recorded in the Yerushalmi. All mitzvot require a bracha when you are doing the mitzvah, at the time of doing the mitzvah. Chutz, and what's the exception? Mitkiah utvila. Mitkiah shofar and Rosh Hashanah and going to the mikvah. Now, what's the obvious thing that sticks out in your head right away when you see this statement? How can you make a bracha anyway? Because you, your mouth is not available on those two things. Yeah, okay, good. So 
Well, why isn't the mouth not available? Can you make a bracha while you're being tokay? So while you're blowing, correct. Good. Okay. And, and you therefore, make a underwater. Right. Okay. Good. So technically, these are two things that you can't make the bracha at the exact moment you're engaged in fulfilling the mitzvah. Very good. Right. All right. But so if you're going to argue that these are the only two mitzvot where your mouth is otherwise occupied, then that you have a good argument. Now, why, why don't you expand that to include all kinds of food? You're chewing. You can't say a bracha properly if you're che already chewing it. Right. So that's why we're talking about brachat mitzvot and not brachat nehanin. Right. We're talking about specifically brachat made over now. You could, sure, you could then bend that argument very nicely and say, well, shouldn't the same rule apply to brachat nehanin? And then you got your problem, which is you can't make the bracha. You got food in your mouth. Because you're so, violating what every one of our mothers told us. Right? So, so th this this came up over Shabbos when we we're doing the daf, uh -huh. and so that that evening I had to go back and ask my wife. And for many of us, it's been a long time. What did you do when you were tovo? And the oh, don't 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 give it right. Don't give it right. Don't give it away. Okay, because you had don't give it away. <laughs> no, don't give it away. I'm gonna don't, don't give it away. We're gonna get to it. We're going to get to it. Oh, then I have an, and then I have an interesting one on Takiyah with from Rabbi Yashiv. You'll have to hold it. You'll have okay. to hold it. Okay, good. So now, watch this other piece in the Bab, in the Yushalmi, and then we're going to, we're going to, uh, the, the rest of this. Shechita ematum avarechaleha. Now, what are they asking? Shechita is a mitzvah. Mm -hmm. All right. When do you make the bracha? Rabbi Yochan Romer overly shechot. Same thing as Rabbi Yochanan said last time, which is you make it before you shecht. Yossi ben Norai Omer shmishi yishchot. You have to shecht first, then you make the bracha. Lama shema titnabel shchitata. Because what are we concerned about? That you might mess up and make it an avela and didn't fulfill the mitzvah. No, bracha levatol you talk about. Yeah. 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 So, so their argument back is, well, then it won't be good enough for you to shecht and wait till you completely shechted properly to make the bracha. You've now got to have the chacham check the simanim to make sure everything was cut properly. In other words, you're going to have to <laughs> quite a while to make sure that the shechita was proper. And this seems to be a counter, but this seems to be the argument about tekiah. At least we'll see that in the Bavli. Now let's take a look at our sugiah. Right, our sugya. Now, our sugya, just to give you the background, you all remember because you saw it two days ago, is about the bracha made on bidikat chametz, and the machloket in the Gemara is: Do you say al biur chametz or livaer chametz? And they said everybody agrees that livaer means I'm about to. Question is: Does al biur mean I'm about to, or I already did? So everybody agrees livaer is a good thing to say. Question is, is I'll be your good thing to say? Okay. And parenthetically, the Gemara then adds to Kule Alma Mia Mi Kara So everybody agrees, though, that you have to make the bracha before doing it. And therefore, our question is, does every each one of those phrases operate as a statement about the future? Because it has to. You can't make a bracha on something in the past tense <coughs> if you haven't done it yet. So since we all agree they have to make a bracha in advance. We have to determine the language. So who says you have to make a bracha in advance? This takes us to the same place the Yerushalmi was. But I want you to remember what Shmuel said as quoted in the Yerushalmi here. 
Shmuel said that call a mitzvot to not bracha bishat asiyatan. Shmuel is quoted as saying against Rabbi Yochanan, you make the bracha when you're doing it. Rabbi Yochanan is the one who said over la siyatan. All right, we'll get to the, ex- the exceptions in a minute. Watch this. The Amr of Yudam are Shmuel. This is our Bavli. Kol mitzvot mevarech alehen over la siyatan. It's enough to drive you nuts. Here, Shmuel is quoted as making, taking the position that was exactly not the Shmuel position in the Yerushalmi. It was the Rabbi Yochan position, and Shmuel was against it. Kind of strange. Now, my mashma, I'm, by the way, when it comes to a statement about Shmuel, I'm going to be more con- comfortable with the Bavli's version of it, because that's home base. Now, my mashma dahai over leishna dakdumehu. Parenthetically, they're just asking, what is this phrase over la siyatan? Over means to pass. What does that have to do with just before uh, an act? So we bring psukim. This is when Achimatz, uh, who is one of David's runners, wants to go tell him that Avshalom has been killed which is not really good. He doesn't know how bad the news is to tell David that. And in the meantime, there is a, uh, a Numibian there who's in a mercenary for David, who Yoav sends instead, and he goes running, and Achimatz runs and passes him. All right? And so, takushi. he passed in front of him. All right? Pass him, but they're saying to go in front of him. So, Lavor is to go in front of him. This is in this week's parsha. This is when Yaakov goes in front of all of his wives and kids to go bow before Esav. Pasuk in Treasar that Hashem is leading them, but the king passes in front of the people. It's a messianic vision. Okay. Now, Be'ravam v'shofar. Now, does this sound familiar? The two exceptions to the rule are Tkiah, Tvilah, and Shofar, right? Like Tkiah and Tvilah. We saw that earlier. But I want you to see in the Yerushalmi, that's all Shmuel. And here, mm-hmm. Shmuel's the one who says, all mitzvot are over la siyatan, and the two exceptions are Tvilah, going to the mikvah, and Shofar. Now, we did not attack Shofar in the Yerushalmi. We're going to attack Shofar here, and Manny, they're going to go in a different direction. Your direction may work in the Yerushalmi. They're not, it's not going to work in the Bavli. You'll see why. And that line is a pregnant line. Pun, not so intended. Tvila, I understand why the guy can't make the bracha, because he's not yet fit. Now, who's that talking about? Does that mean any person going to the mikvah? <laughs> shouldn't make a bracha beforehand because the reason they're going to the mikvah is to become pure. They shouldn't make a bracha when they're impure. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit strange because they are making bar priates when they have an apple. In other words, they are saying brachot because we, a long time ago, took the position of Rabbi Yehuda that, that a, a balkari davens and says brachot and everything else and certainly somebody else was tamay. So what does this mean, akati gavr lochazi? We're going to see it. But we get why tevilah, you wouldn't make the bracha beforehand. Ella shofar maitama. Why would we not make the bracha on shofar? So Manny would say, because you got your mouth on the shofar. Remember, this is over la siyatan. Right? Why not? The answer is, because you might mess up the tkiah. In other words, 
and then <coughs> you blew it, the brachal vatala, then then you can't make a bracha before shechita. Interesting choice, considering the Yerushalmi, or bris mila. Might mess that mm-hmm. up too, right? Mm-hmm. By the way, in, in either case, especially mila, you got other things to worry about, but you still don't want to set up a bracha vatala. Ela amar av chista, chutz minat vila bilvaditmar. He said, you know what was really said by Shmuel? Except for Tvilah. Tvilah is the only one that you don't say beforehand. You say before every mitzvah, except Tvilah. Why? taval A guy goes into the mikvah, comes out. There's a guy who goes into the mikvah, comes out. Omer Baruch comes out. Omer Baruch Hashem al ha-tvilah. So you make the bracha after coming out. That's the, that's the, uh, that's the ruling. And that bright does support Shmuel. Now, Tosfot here uh, goes into a very important diyun. And this is exactly what Naftali was asking about. So I'm going to now put it on the table. What, as far as you know, what do women do? Speak from your own family, from yourself, whatever it is, when it comes to going to the mikvah during the regular course of events. For many people here, it's uh, an old memory, right? But what do we do? Uh, wait patiently outside. That's what we do. What do they do? Say it again, Marsha. To bathe ahead of time. You have to get clean. Yeah, but what about the bracha? When do you say the bracha? Uh, the bracha. Um... All right, Naftali. While you're wife... going down. Yeah, Naftali, what do your wife say? Four. After the first dunk. Okay, they good. The bracha, good. And then they do the subsequent. Right. So the Archa Shulchan comes up with this solution to deal with our problem, as we're going to see in a minute. He says, they go underneath, come out, make the bracha, and go underneath again. And that's, a, I think, a pretty common custom, at least among Ashkenazi. Take a look at Tosfot here. It's really interesting. Tosfot says, Allah Tvila, Omerach, B'Shem HaGaon. So now Tosfot here is quoting Rabbeinu Hananel, which is now 10th century North Africa, quoting the Gaon, which we're not sure which Gaon it is, that this is Dafka talking about a convert. Because the convert, the Lochazi, can't make a bracha. He can't say he commanded us. He didn't command you. You're not Jewish. He's still not Jewish. But anybody else going to the mikvah could go on balkeri v'kayotzibo mutar levarech. You say the bracha beforehand. You could say the bracha beforehand, right? And he brings the Gemara in the third parak of brachot. Uh, and 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 as I said, that the common custom already early in the Amoraic period was to rule like Rabbi Yehuda that a balkeri, even a balkeri, can make brachot and daven and come to shul and everything else. Certainly, all other tameim come to shul. They daven. They lain. Do everything, Tumah doesn't affect that. So you can make the bracha before going into the mikvah, right? Just like, oh, I'm going to see an, a, a parallel to this. Now, this is Tosfot, and we've seen this before. Tosfot doing what Tosfot does. We shouldn't accost women who make the bracha after going to the mikvah, meaning even though they should make the bracha first, but if they make the bracha afterwards, don't yell at them, right? Why? 
since there's such a thing as when a convert goes to the mikvah, he or she has to make the bracha afterwards. Therefore, you could say that the rabbi said all tefillot are like that. And even a tefillah of a regular Jewish person going to the mikvah to become tahor, they still make it afterwards. The rule is tefillah, you make it afterwards. So again, you're going to see the rabbi different a different voice. is a sore point. All right? What is the common custom that most people do when they wash? As they dry their hands, they make a bracha afterwards. Oh, you wash your hands, and then you make the bracha, right? Right. Not in, our house. Not in our house, but that's what? You lift your hands up. Yeah, but that's a different halacha if you want the water to run down. But, but uh, and the Rashba says the reason is because, well, you're going to see it actually right here. All right. So he says, Right. So they said, look, when you wash your hands after going to the bathroom, you can't make the bracha first because your hands are dirty. So therefore, they said all the tilat yadaims are like that. That's a little strange because we don't make a bracha after washing when washing our hands just when you went to the bathroom, unless it's about to say shachrit or eat a meal, right? So it's a little strange. Tosot says there's another reason. By the way, what's Tosot doing here? Tosot is doing what Tosot does, which is Am Yisrael is no egg like this. There must be a good reason. Let's find some justification. We've seen this before numerous times. Saw it in the very first year we ever had about early Kriyachma and that first Tosfot. All right. Tosfot says you're not allowed to eat without drying your hands. So drying your hands is part of the mitzvah. So if you make the bracha before drying your hands, that's called still over la siyatan. Right? That's Tosfot. And the Rashba says the same thing. But again, this is justifying the custom, right? Okay. etc. He goes in a different direction. Okay. But look at the Rambam. The Rambam, and I, um, the Rambam in the beginning of Hachot Brachot says there's a mitzvah from the Torah. I'm going to summarize one and two here. There's a mitzvah from the Torah to say uh, to bless God after meals. And there's a mitzvah from the rabbis to make bracha before eating. And now he says something wild, which is ukeshem. Look at Gimel. Ukeshem shemivarchin alahanaya. Just like you have to make a bracha before getting pleasure from the world, kach mivarchin al kol mitzvah mitzvah v'chakachiyaseota. You have to make a bracha before doing any mitzvah and then and then do it. So the Rambam is doing two things. First of all, before any mitzvah you do, you have to make a bracha first, and he's equating it to a bracha before getting pleasure from the world, before eating an apple or drinking a coke. There's a separate thing, which is brachot that chachamim established to praise God, like and and the brachan kiddush levan, etc. Right? Good. Now, here is a sticky point. The Rambam says very clearly, if you did a mitzvah and you forgot to say the bracha. Mm-hmm. If it's a mitzvah whose fulfillment is still happening in front of you, I'll give a couple of examples. You can make the bracha afterwards. But if it's a one-shot thing, you did it and it's done, you don't make a bracha. It's too late. And you don't have to do the mitzvah again. You did the mitzvah, you just didn't do it fully. 
any of those things. You didn't make a bracha. You went to the sukkah on Cholamoid, sat down for lunch, made a motzi in the middle of the meal, and you realize you never made the Shev Basukah. Right? You make the bracha and he has the brachot there. In other words, because you're still fulfilling the mitzvah. You're still wearing the talit, you're still wearing the tefillin, you're still sitting in the sukkah. Aval, im shachat below bracha. Let's say you did shechita without a bracha. You can't make the bracha afterwards. Too late. It's far following. Shechita, what happened? All right, and he gives other examples. Now, he then says, Again, the Rambam Lashitato against Tosfut Lashitato. Tosfut, as we saw, sees Am Yisrael doing something that says we got to find some way to justify it. Rambam says, no, the law is the law. So the Rambam says, Ein lecha mitzvah ela tevilat hager. The only mitzvah, only mitzvah that we have where you make the bracha afterwards is when a ger goes into the mikvah. A ger. He can't say that because he's not commanded yet. Okay. And uh, and he makes um, this last point will take us take us take us off. Because you have to adjust something, you have to go to the bathroom, then you put them back on, you make another bracha, unlike tzitzit. Right? Oh. Not, right? You take your talit off for a minute to adjust it, or you go to the bathroom, you don't make another, or it fell off. You know, it fell off is a different issue. But if you plan to take it off for a short time, you don't make another bracha. But here with tefillin, uh, sorry, again, he repeats the rule all mitzvot are made. Al-Birchadah made just before doing the mitzvah, and therefore you put the tefillin on your arm, and just before tying, then make the bracha, because kshiratan zuiyasiyatan. Now, before we get to these last couple of comments, I want to comment on two things that the Rambam said. One thing the Rambam said, and one thing that you guys said. The Rambam here talked about, um, about making the bracha, bracha, Keep it in here a second. Um, didn't keep it in here, but the Rambam very clearly says in Parag Bab of Hilchot Brachot that when you come to wash, you make the bracha before washing. And by the way, there are many people who do that, who make the bracha if they take the water, they make the bracha and wash their hands like any other mitzvah. The Rambam says very simply, the rule is kol mitzvot kulan verchaleinu verlasiyatan. For all mitzvot, you have to make the bracha before doing it. Doing it is washing your hands. So that's the Rambam's approach. Um, however, there's there's another thing which you're going to ask about, which is Friday night. Okay, what's the common custom that many Ashkenazi women have Friday night when it comes to lighting candles? What do they do? Oh. Put their hands. Go ahead. You make the bracha and then you light the candles. I mean, you light the candles and then you make the bracha because you can't light after you accept Shabbos. But on Yantif, you do the opposite. Right. So Marsha's quoting is essentially the approach recommended by the Ramah, which is that, and it's, it's the common custom among most Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi women, I believe, which is to light the candles and then cover your eyes, put the matches down, cover your eyes, 
make the bracha and then open your eyes and the covering your eyes is a way of sort of like pretending like the light's not really there and then up oh, it so it's kind of over where does that all come from it actually comes from a bahag the bahag uh-huh. back to the ninth century says that shabbat chanukah this is the question shabbat chanukah which do you light first Friday of Hanukkah. This year will be the second day of Hanukkah. Which do you light first? Hanukkah or Shabbat? Hanukkah. All right. So technically, it should be Shabbat. Why? You have more time, more Shabbat. And second was a different issue. Why are you lighting Nerot Shabbat? What's the purpose of Nerot Shabbat? Shabbat. It shouldn't be dark. Right? And you light Nerot Shabbat before Shabbat starts, as far as you know, as early as 40 minutes before in Yerushalayim, and most of us do 18 minutes before, before sunset. You're lighting it in advance to light up the house. What is the ideal time of Hadlakat Ner Hanukkah, theoretically? Oh, um, right at sunset. When it's dark. Right at sunset. Not when it's dark, right at sunset. The Rambam okay. said, exactly at Shkia. Now, you can't light it exactly at Shkia because... Shabbat. So you, theoretically, you would say light a minute before Shkiah, which means you'd light Shabbat candles 20 minutes ago, and a minute before sunset, you'd light, you know, Shabbat candles, Chanan candles. Bahag says not to do that. What's his reason? Because he argues that the minute that you lit Shabbat candles, you made it Shabbat, now you can't light Hanukkah candles. Mm-hmm. And by the way, there's a solution, which is if the woman lights Shabbat candles, the man lights Hanukkah candles, not really a problem. Mm. But that developed into the following. Because all that was about was which set of candles gets lit first, Shabbat or Hanukkah. And even though it should be Shabbat, it became Hanukkah because if you already lit Shabbat candles, you can't light candles anymore because it's Shabbat. That developed into the following understanding. The minute you make the bracha on Nerot Shabbat, it's already Shabbat. Mm -hmm. And therefore you have an interesting conundrum. I'm making a bracha and lighting candles, but the minute I say the bracha, I can't light candles. It's a, it's a, how do you call it? A vicious cycle. Catch 22. So the, right, exactly. So the solution is, okay, so light the candle first, but then cover your eyes so it's as if you haven't lit the candle. Then say the bracha and uncover your eyes and poof, the candle's there. So your bracha was before the doing, but you didn't light anything afterwards, right? This is why there are many people uh, that really advise not to do that. Say the bracha beforehand and then light candles like any other mitzvah, but it's not the popular approach. Yeah, Marshall. All right, I heard a view where once you have lit the candles, even before you make the bracha, you put the match down because as soon as the candles are lit, you've accepted Shabbos even before the bracha. Did you ever hear of that? <clears throat> yes, I have. But you, you see how things have evolved from the minute that you fully light Shabbat candles, you can't light other candles, to the minute you light Shabbat candles, it's um, the, the minute you make the bracha, it's Shabbat, so you can't light the candles, which think about how self-defeating that is, to then the minute you light the candles, you have to immediately drop the match because it's muktza because it's Shabbat. Yeah. Now, there's a simple solution to this that everybody will agree is fine, which is if you light candles and you state, even internally in your head, I'm not accepting Shabbos, which is what we do all the time, for instance, when we have a Shabbaton. Let's talk about normal years because hopefully soon we'll be back to normal. And you have a Shabbaton, and there's a dinner at the shul, and it's cold, so you don't want to walk. 
So you light candles at home, and then what is the, what does our Musk tell us to do all the time about Fim Kippur? Have in mind that you're not accepting Yantif, right? You have in mind, and that works. You make a tonight, not accepting Shabbos. You get in the car, go to shul, make sure to get there before sunset, and you're good to go, right? But when do you say your Shechianu? Oh, because the Shechianu? You mean on Yom Kippur? Yeah. Yeah, so that's different. Sure. Shechianu should be said in shul in any <laughs> case. If you're at home, it's a different problem. But ask me next, you know, August or something. But... <laughs> But Shechianu and Yom Kippur is a, is a tricky issue, right? Because no coast, et cetera, right? more deals with it. Um, anyways, I just want to show you a couple last sources here as I'm watching uh, watching the clock and watching the minute of my The Rambam made a statement that we, we quickly went through earlier, which was that if you did a mitzvah that's a one-shot thing, like shechita, and then you forgot, you made, forgot to make the bracha, that's it. You don't go back and make the bracha. Not everybody's on board with that. The Orzor of Yitzchak Orzorua, one of the Baleatos or the later Baleatos from Vienna, writes the following. He says, He says, what if you did shechita and forgot to make the bracha? You can make the bracha afterwards. And then he says the line, Shekol mitzvah, source 13, If you didn't make the bracha before, I make it afterwards, and that's good enough. Right? And he ref references a commentary that he has in in brachot right and he actually references our yerushalmi uh that uh that discusses when you make the brachan shechita and we had rabbi yerushalmi Arai said do it after shechita well how could he recommend doing it after shechita if that's not allowed this is it must be that it's allowed okay and um and he then brings an interesting proof from the custom of the town of narvon narvona which is which was a major uh, city in Provence, where they didn't do kisui adam on an animal, because you make a bracha when you do kisui adam. You shecht a bird or chicken, you have to do kisui adam, you make a bracha. He said they don't do kisui adam until they first check to make sure that the shechita was proper, because they don't want to be a bracha at all, like we saw about shechita. Okay, so I want to show you two, uh, two last things here. Shulchan Aruch in Hilchot Nida. Source 14 says that when the um, when the woman is standing there about to go to the mikvah and she's got her robe on, which they put out, right? She should say the bracha, and then take it off and go on in. And if she didn't make the bracha then, so if not, she should make the bracha before she goes all the way in because tefillah is no good until you go all the way in. So ideally, she makes it with a robe on and immediately goes, drops her robe and goes in. But if she forgot and she went in, she goes up to her neck in the water and makes the bracha. Now, what problem do you, can you foresee making a bracha in a mikvah? Well, she's not all she down if she's just... She's got no clothes on. Can't make right. a bracha no clothes on. Right? Well, it's... it's okay. Im him slulim so they're picturing not one of our mikvot. They're picturing mikvot where the floor is dirt, and therefore the water is dirty and you can't see anything. So if for some reason the water was clean, she should kick up some dirt, and then when it's dirty, and so, so in other words, so that, <laughs> that, so that her eyes and top of her body aren't in visual contact with her, with her um, erva. And she doesn't say, she doesn't say, right? On the outside, yeah. Now, 
You see that? There you go. Some people say a woman shouldn't make the bracha if she goes to the mikvah. Right? And he quotes all the different reasons. He says that their common custom was in Ashkenaz in the 16th century was to go into the mikvah and then in the mikvah, they would wear kind of some sort of a robe, then make the bracha, or that she'd cover herself up, make the bracha in the water, but it doesn't say they'd go back in again. Now, here we go. Here's the, the last thing, Shulchan Aruch, on washing your hands for a meal. kodem netila. What does the Shulchan Aruch say? What should you do? Make the bracha for you. Before you wash. Said, I said, but the custom is people have the custom not to make the bracha till after they wash. Why? Because sometimes a person's hands are actually dirty. So what do they do? Their hands are dirty. They wash. Then they go like this with their hands. Then they make the bracha. But the reason is because the hands are dirty. I don't know about you, but I don't come to a meal with hands that are less than clean, especially these days. Right, my hands are fully clean. I'm washing as a ritual act, not as a clean, not a cleanliness. Act, right, good. And so, uh, and and so, here's an explanation. Now, what you find here is the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah in, in his comment are again justifying the fact that people do make the bracha on Yadayim after washing. Tosfot says they do it because maybe there's like all the Tilat Yadayims. Kind of come into the same category and washing after going to the bathroom you can't make the bracha until you wash your hands the ramah says the, the shanach says something a little bit similar he says when your hands are dirty and therefore you don't make the bracha until you actually rub them and get all the dirt off right and and make the bracha um but again the implication is that if your hands really are clean and you could make a bracha there's no reason not to make the bracha before you actually wash Ramon quotes the same thing it's also quotes, which is since drying your hands is part of the mitzvah, and that's of course the, the Rashba says it, therefore it is um it is part of the mitzvah. Yeah, what? So what happens if you don't ever make the bracha? So is the tefillah not good? Is the shechita not good? No, so that for so sure. It's not, so it's not ma'akev. I mean, not ma'akev at all, for sure. That's why the Rambam said if you shechted and forgot to say the bracha, so that's it. Okay. You, the bracha. you just didn't do a great thing. Your animal's still kosher if it's otherwise kosher. Okay, so you're going to let me know. I'm going to send out a questionnaire. You're going to let me know if next week you want to do a special Hanukkah sugya or to go back to uh, Bali or Bali Matzah that we didn't finish last week. And we will go from there. Everybody have a great week. Stay healthy. Thank you very Thank much. You. Yeah. Question. Question. Yeah. It's, what's it called when you make a bracha like a sheriot tsar? It's not a mitzvah. Oh, you that's don't... called birchat ha-shevach. Oh, any bracha. It's, very, it's actually an easy way to think of it. Any bracha that has a sherki deshanu mitzvotav at sivanu, that's birchata mitzvah, right? Any bracha that's made before eating, before eating, drinking, or smelling, birchata nehenin. And everything else, including a birchata shachar, brachot of tefillah, birchata mazon, sheva brachot, right? The brachot after the haftorah, all those are shavach. Okay? Good. All right.